This is now Drive Time and you're listening to Jollof Agenda. My name is Ella Oluluwo. And of course, you know, we bring we bring our own guests, you know, we talk about the fun things about the guests. And today with me is Iriti Bakare Yusuf, a.k.a. Sisiogi of Lagos. <laughs> say hello to our listeners. The way you say that, hello, hello listeners, hello Radio Now listeners, I know my voice is new to you. Yes, it is me. But the, but the voice is good, right? I'm uh, sure. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure they feel the same way. <laughs> well, I'm happy to be here. Okay. Let, let, before I go further with mm. this, let, let's let's know how you came out with the name Sisi Ogi. Actually, it's funny you should ask that. That's um, it's a nickname that was given to me by a girlfriend many many years ago. Okay. Many years ago, because I was very into clothes, I was very into fashion. Um, I mean, literally, I wasn't just into it. I was obsessively obnoxious about clothes and fashion and style and the I whole thing. So, yeah, yeah she yeah. gave me I mean, that it's nickname. obvious right now um, because <laughs> you can't see her and I'm privileged to see her right now. She's in uh, this black, she's in the black camisole, black pants, or, mm. you know, this very hot pants. Oh, and God, then she has this... <laughs> no, I'm not. And then she has this um, patterned kimono jacket Ooh. and sneakers. Oof. <laughs> She's exaggerating, <laughs> but I do live in She looks Snickers really amazing. Oh, you do? And I do, I do. I've always worn Snickers since, you know, it's funny, one of my best friends got married and she remembers and her daughter is now 26, 27, and she remembers I wore sneakers to her wedding. Yes, I've always worn Snickers and I've always worn Adidas, actually, incidentally. I've always been a trainer. You guys call it Snickers here, yeah, I call it trainers. And in mine days, they were called Adidas shell tops. Okay. You know, these same Adidas that everybody... They were called I, Adidas. I, I can't really They relate. came from... <laughs> Run, no, you won't. It was Run DMC <laughs> that made them popular. And you probably don't know who Run DMC is. No, I, I know the name. Oh, the super. Yeah. So Run yeah. DMC, back in the day, yeah, Adidas shell tops. Oh, this is That's really cool. Like a fun fact about you that we've learned now <laughs> is that you're uh, like a sneaker type of... Yes. Lady than the heels. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'll start calling you Tritinas too. <laughs> All right, so if you're listening to me, Iriti Bakare Yusuf, Sisi Oge, is the principal partner of Nothing Ill Media, a marketing, public relations, and media company. And like I said, she's popularly known as Sisi Oge of Lagos. Like, yeah, she is, and she, she the name fits perfectly. And she's a former management professional with over 25 years management experience. Let's talk about that mm-hmm. from management to media to media super um you asked some very interesting questions which and you dug down well because people don't get to ask me that because they often don't know that about me so i did my own work oh, you did very well <laughs> very very well i have to say so incidentally i was actually saying earlier that this is my fifth career hmm. okay. so um but i have been in management since i was 21 but i've been in fashion retail management i was in food retail so i had my own restaurant at one point um i had i had my own fashion place in england and then um i moved i also was a project director in telecoms and it which is actually how i ended up in nigeria in the first place i was headhunted I was headhunted by Celtel to move here, which is why I ended up moving here. And then having, when I got here, um, after about a year or two, my girlfriend invited me to come onto radio. Um, one, my voice, two, my physical voice and 
my uh, 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 my mentor, if you like, my my mental and intellectual voice, and okay. um, that's that's how me. So yeah, media is literally my fifth career, um, and media is not all I do. I also I produce theatre. Yes, I, but yes, day. yes, I produce theatre. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's that's kind of that's the journey. Okay, so for um, theatre, let's talk let's talk about theatre. You know. Uh, most people are more into f- film, movie. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm, I'll put movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're like, theater is somewhat different. Mm-hmm. But what is it like for you? And would you rather theater or movies? Um, so I have only ever done one film um, in my life. And that was really pure accidental. And more the fact that I was curious. Uh, when I say accidental, it was out of personal curiosity. I did the documentary, the only documentary about Buhari. Yes. Um, Buhari and the Burden of Expectations, which was in 2015, mm. which, yeah. if you like, was the one documentary that gave everybody an insight into who he was, Buhari the person, mm-hmm. um, rather than the man that we all see, you know, the leader, you know, the military leader, etc., etc. So, and that, for me, doing that came from a, 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 a curiosity. I really was curious about the man because having not been here having grown up in england because mm-hmm. i left here very young i wasn't here when he was ruling so i was here i was and he was having this renaissance and and he was such a polarizing figure and i thought okay what is it about you mm-hmm. and then i saw him being interviewed on tv and where everybody saw this stern looking military man lay down maybe because they had that memory of him all i saw was somebody who was vulnerable and i thought who are you who really, 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 really are you? What is behind that? I, I, and I did. I, I saw this vulnerability in his eyes, which probably drives people mad. And I thought, and I was being interviewed on Al Jazeera at the time, I remember. Um, so I thought, I'm going to go looking. I want to find out who he is when he's with his friends, like the rest of us. When the world isn't looking, when he's private in his living mm-hmm. room, when he's been, when he's with his boys, you know, and kind of thing. What kind of a father is he when... His daughter needs him kind of thing and that's that's literally what i went looking for and um i was very lucky i was able to talk to you know it's funny people <laughs> when people are afraid now when people mention certain names like they mention my mandara i went to interview the man i didn't know he was anybody big i just <laughs> went to his house hey sir yes thank you so much for having me tell me about your nephew because incidentally their best friends and nephew and stuff. And I went to all these big people's house because they're literally, I always say to people, and I still maintain that, people as of the time when I interviewed all those people, if you have friends like Buhari had, whom I interviewed back then, you are truly blessed. They were all out for their friends, mm-hmm. literally. So I, even, I interviewed his wife. I mean, one of the things she told me was, most people don't realize it. He has an insane sense of humor. The man watches um, and a candid camera. That cam- for, she said he would watch it for 10 hours and she would say to the children, go and give your father some water because he would be laughing so much. Like, I don't want him to have a heart attack on me. Literally, he would watch. That's the kind of person he is. It's bizarre. You would never. Yeah, you would never think You it. would never, ever, 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 ever think so. And. And it's funny, I did that. So back to what I, I did that. And that got me a nomination for Best 
documentary in the African International yeah. Film Festival, which yeah. was really, really shocking and surprising to me. Because Why? Was, well, I wasn't a filmmaker. I just went looking. I just followed my curiosity. And that's, I guess, what happens in life. Follow your curiosity and, you know, you it will take you somewhere. I just followed my curiosity. And that's that's literally what it was. And I didn't see the barriers. I had never done a film before. I just, I wrote it, produced it and co-directed co it. It was a good job. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, theatre, theatre... Theatre, I started to get into as well. I've been, I, I've always, th this is what I mean, like, I even forgot that I, so when I talk about my career, it's like, I've always done, um, I've never been one person that does one thing, um, simply because I've always believed that in life we are all, most people don't realise that we are blessed with, um, with multi-layered talent. Hmm. And okay. for me, one of my ambitions is to be able to actually, you know, sort of explore each of my talents, um, whether it's great talent or media, whatever it is, I want to explore each one before I die, as many as possible. Okay, so, what, well, so we're looking forward to more things. We're so, yeah, so I do theatre and I totally love theatre. I've always been in love with theatre. So as soon as, and again, theatre happened by sheer accident. Somebody, I was in my restaurant and a friend came to me and said, look, this is, um, I think it was Ayo Jayasimi at the time. This is Mrs. Jayasimi. She's doing a show. Um, I told her about you. I think she needs your help. I think you can do it. Yada, yada. And we ended up doing, uh, I think it was Five Maids of Fadaka, the show was, at... Um, at Muson, and it sold out. Yeah. It's absolutely. You were there. No, it's all right. <laughs> no, it's all, yeah, it sold out. Okay, so all these things you mentioned, um, like it seems like you just happen to just get into them. Like a friend that thinks that you're good at this thing, and like just try it out and try it out. Did you enjoy them? How can you say you felt afterwards, especially the all? Um, you know, you said sold out. Yeah, and then the award. Yeah, and um, even. You being in the media now, mm. it just happened like just came and it's yeah. introduced to somebody and you found yourself. Yeah, have you been enjoying it so far? And have I been enjoying it? I wouldn't do anything else. I mean, this is the thing I would never take. So you couldn't ask me to kind of come and be a vet because I'm not. <laughs> if if the dog is not cute, I don't want to know. Okay. Do you understand? Yeah. So I would never actually take something that I didn't f believe I had a talent in okay. or that I had an interest in. So theater, my girlfriend that brought into person for theatre because she knew I had that interest in theatre mm -hmm. and I had the the skills that they were looking for at the time. Um, that it sold out is wonderful. I threw myself into it and I mean, we we're having to refund people's money. It was that insane at the time. It was crazy. So therefore, and what did I have to do? Literally, I'm a project director. I will always be in management. I've always been in management. I think in solutions. I mm -hmm. don't think mm -hmm. in problems. And she had a problem and I had a solution. It's that simple. And every solution needs project management. And that's literally what I do. I do it in my sleep. I do it when I'm tired. I do it whenever I do it in my dream. It's just, it's just the way I think. Yeah. So doing that wasn't, wasn't surprising. Um, media, I've always had a love for because I've always been a radio junkie. So again, she, way from England and stuff, I've always been a radio junkie and I always intended to go into radio, but you know, you move into other things and stuff. So that, or again, was just kind of- it was uh, like a drive. Yeah, maybe like those serendipitous, I don't know. It just, yeah. it came, um, yeah, that, that, that happened. And so for me, it's, yeah, it just, it's, it's just another layer you know, into building up who I am. It, I love each and everyone. I, I do media now all the time. That's full time. I do theater full time. I have my own theater company and 
I did Mamma Mia in 2019. I know Mamma Mia. Yeah, I did <laughs> Mamma Mia on stage. The 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 I co-produced. I was co-executive producer with a friend of mine, Soji, um, a dear brother of mine, Soji Akinkube. We actually did the same Mamma Mia from um, from the West End. Whoa. Yeah, it's the same one. And it was the first ever all black Mamma Mia, and it was a pure Nigerian cast and cast. crew. Whoa, we did beautiful. 19 shows over 10 days. It was insane. It was mad. It was well received. The applause was deafening. Absolutely. And it was crazy. And it was all, we nuanced it with our, our mm -hmm. culture. It was a Mamma Mia that you could never imagine in any yeah, other yeah, part like, of the world. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like Nigerians, a, a different twist yes, to Mamma yes, Mia. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Moving, moving away from your career right now. Let's talk about what you do. Mm -hmm. Should we call it activism? No oh. more movement. <laughs> and, and for those that don't know, no more movements. It's just um, where um, a, a movement or where you encourage mm. um, people that have been sexually abused or mm. harassed to speak up. Yeah. Really. And yeah. that's, that's, that's bold. That's, that's encouraging. So mm. what, how was it? How did you even start it? Okay. So no more. Um, so here's how it started. I've, I, I was brought up by a feminist um, who would never have known that she was a feminist. Um, a woman who didn't see boundaries. She just flew. Mm -hmm. So we were brought up exactly the same way. You just fly. There are no boundaries. Now, that's that. And then I moved to Nigeria and I start to read about all this. All sorts of sexual harassment and abuse. But even more so is... The patriarchy in this country was literally palpable in a way that I had never really seen it. Hmm. Um, and so, I come some years later, then there was Me Too. And then um, what happened was, so Oprah did a speech on um, at the Golden Globes, I think it was, or the Emmy Awards, one of them. Oprah did the speech and it was to do with women and me too, yada, yada, yada. And I remember um, going on to social media and during social media timeline and the next day and I was seeing all this, how Oprah has inspired me, Oprah has inspired me, Oprah's speeches. And I thought, well, what exactly did she inspire you to do? Because she doesn't have our problems. Heck, she doesn't even know we're here. Um, would she understand our nuances? Everything she's talking about, it's great. She can speak generally, but how can she speak for me? Iriti, living in Lagos, Nigeria, where I have so many other barriers. So I wrote, as I usually would do, um, and I've written quite a bit of art, quite a, uh, a few articles. And I got on my Instagram and I wrote this thing and I wrote and wrote and wrote. And I said, when literally in Nigeria, in Africa, ours is not so much a case of me too. It's a resounding roar of no more. Hmm. That's how no more came about. Okay. But um, you, you mentioned how so far um, for the people that you've helped speak up. How, what has it been like? Um, and I've, the after effect for you and the challenges basically, because the truth is whilst we are here, that, that there's, um, there's a mindset that women shouldn't speak up. 
because of some certain um, views, social constructed views. Yeah. So what are the challenges you face and how do you actually push this woman to speak up? Um, I don't. This is the first thing you must understand. You must never push anybody. What you all you can do is extend your agency okay. to another yeah. person, to another woman. And by extending your agency, it means you're listening, you're hearing them, you're encouraging them, you're, you're reaffirming all the goodness in them, the strength and everything. You are telling them that you hear them, you see mm. them, you are here for them. Hmm. You are telling them, okay, you want therapy, I will help you find it. You want legal, I will help you find it. You want this, I'll help you find that. You don't ever make, and you don't push, ever push a survivor or otherwise to do something when they are not ready to do it. That's number one. So for me, when it comes to speaking up, one of the things that I feel very, very passionate about in this country, it's not just about women speaking up. It's also about young people owning their space. So when I, when, when after, I got, after I started working here, this is when I was still with Sautel, I would notice that I would be talking to young people and they wouldn't look at me. They would look away, they would look down. So, well, I'm from England at the time. And when if I'm talking to you and you don't look at me, that means I'm boring you. So oh, I used yeah. to get upset. It's like, what in, how rude. And over a while, after some time, I realized that, hang on a minute, they're not being rude. That's actually our culture. Yeah, that's how we're raised. That's how we are raised in mm -hmm. Nigeria. So I would say to them, I literally would say to them, look at me. It is okay for you to look at me disagree with me it is okay for you to disagree with me it takes some time to adjust challenge to me <laughs> it is okay for you to challenge me that wall is red no ma it's white fine see you can do it literally that's what i would do yeah. um and over time and and over time it does take a while so one of the things that i thought is young people have been we have a genuflecting culture, which is not necessarily a bad thing. So you, there's a deference to your age, to anything. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but when it's weaponized, it becomes debilitating. And one of the things that I notice is that it's been weaponized. So one of the things that I focus on is women who have literally, literally have to genuflect just because they are born as women. Mm -hmm. And then young people who are then bullied into the same space have become, in effect, vulnerable members of this society. So those are the ones that I kind of extend my, my, um, my agency to, if you like, my voice to. And I like to encourage young people every time I meet one is, why are you speaking like that? Put your shoulders up, speak, open your voice, own your space. You're talented, you matter. Your thoughts matter. What you think matter, what you say matters. It doesn't mean you're always going to be right, but don't be afraid to be wrong. And anybody that holds you responsible for being wrong doesn't love you. If they care about you, they would understand that they're wrong and they will collect you. Because after all, who was ever born right? Hmm. Okay, interesting, interesting conversation. But, you know, let's talk about feminism. You identify as a feminist everywhere seemingly mm. on your bios and mm. social media so um and we we kind of know the um feminism and its expression in this part of our world so to you what does it actually mean 
It's not I mean, feminism is simple and okay so it's funny so I was discussing this with my son on the way here because he's a sociology student and he will tell you that there are three types of feminism that's yeah. discussed. <laughs> you have Marxist feminist, radical feminist and um, progressive feminist. So Marxist feminist is like sort of communist feminism you probably won't find that anymore. Radical feminism is the one that most human beings, men especially, are afraid of. Right. Now, what has happened with radical feminism is, as of the time when the radical feminist term was coined, right, mm -hmm. what they were doing seemed radical at the time. So think of the suffragettes. They took off their bra. They demanded to vote. Yes, they, 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 they literally, they were marching without their bras on, like, Come on, try us, you know, those kind of things. So you can imagine the men of the time. He's been, a, what is it? I think it's been a hundred years or probably a hundred and two years now of the suffrage, of suffrage, suffrage. Um, but anyway, as of that time, they were seen as crazy radical women because it was new. It was nouveau. It was, it was shattering. Radical feminism now has somewhat changed because of course we've had progress yada, 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 changes and everything so radical feminists now are often seen are or they are if you like they're defined as those who hate men yeah misogynists right, right? no i'm sorry the opposite um, yes they are well yeah. my son would tell you it's actually the point of androgyny mommy and i'm so yeah, <laughs> just roll your eyes like okay nah. but i kind of get where you're coming from progressive feminist is who i am who I will always be. And that's, I guess, how you would term it now. What has happened with feminism is that because people tend to listen to snippets rather than go read up about it or mm -hmm. educate themselves about it. What is feminism? Feminism is me respecting every single woman and him respecting every single woman to be whatever it is she wants to be, however she wants to be. Feminism, if you like, if you want me to put it in a small to kind of define it for you in a very kind of broad definition, leave women alone to be who they want to be. Stop dictating to them. Stop policing their bodies. Stop policing their minds. It's literally about letting women be. Mm -hmm. That's it. You must remember, most of the, something, something equality. No, no, no. Equality, yes, doesn't mean it's same as. So we're asking for equality. We're not saying we're the same as men. It's yeah. a whole different thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So feminism is about that. It's about I've got my space in the world. And so have you, young man. You know, my male opposite. Let's respect each other's space. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. It's just because of the, you know, what we see on social media. You know, people are just like, eh, Everybody has their own definition of feminism. That's why it's not a thing. You know, they just disregard it and stuff. That's what I asked that question. Mm. But uh, so you're still listening to Jollof Agenda on Now Drive Time, Radio Now 95.3 FM. And I am with Sisi Oge of Lagos, sitting pretty as ever. So, Sisi uh, Oge, fashionable. What's your style? What's your fashion style? Oh, gosh, that's an interesting question. I, I think it's best to say eclectic. 
because Ooh. it really does depend on what I feel like. Here I am with this sort of, I don't know, glam hair. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow you'll see me in Didi. Go on my social media, you'll find it like that. Like, literally. So my style is very eclectic. It depends on how I feel. I don't, I cannot be, be sort of boxed into a particular, no. I mean, tomorrow you see me in Iran, Buba and Trainers. Ooh. It is what it is, you I, know. I like the spontaneity and the combinations. Yeah. Like it's not something that we usually see. Yes, that's what I do, and, and that's why I said it's it's eclectic. It's 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 um it's very me because I as as I say to people, I I am, you know, anyone who tries to box me up ends up running out of space in their box. So don't bother. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you're not, okay, let's just ask, what do you do in your leisure? Like, what would we catch you doing? What would you catch me doing? How do you chill? How, How do, do you chill? relax? That's a good point. Well, no, I mean, look, I hang out with my girlfriends. Um, and I would also, I could be watching a theater show. Um, I could be watching Netflix. Yeah. I could actually be just sitting in my house and drinking a nice glass of wine with Suya which I love very much. I could be having, I could be having literally beer mixed with Sprite, which is a shandy and just chilling. Hmm. Right. So I could be on holiday with girlfriends. I could go for, you know, let's go for a drive. Let's stop at the next hotel. You sound like you don't even play with your relaxation period. Well, it's not that. It's just, I don't, I, I, I'm again, I move as my spirit moves me as Mm -hmm. I do with everything. So, um, it could be um, a myriad of things, but I love, I, I literally, my favorite thing is dining fresco, and my favorite food is sushi. My favorite food in the world is sushi. Like literally I am greedy on sushi. I don't know when I've had enough because there's no such thing. Um, on your Instagram, this culture, mm. culture, uh, culture, vulture, culture, vulture. Yeah. So, uh, what's your favorite local dish? Um, Good question, I would say, is Ayamashi stew with basmati rice. Ooh. <laughs> That's it. Ooh. It's either, it's got to be any of the fried stew either. And if I'm really, if I can't get Ayamashi stew, give me local stew. Don't give me some posh stew. Give me local stew that's been over fried in fattening palm oil okay. with the <laughs> local rice the that I'm going to tell them to give me assorted. And I know that, yeah, I'm still going to feel like I'm a millionaire. Oh my God, I'm hungry right yes, now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the really the food that's really, really bad for you. Otherwise, it's agoy beans. That's the other thing I like. I love agoy beans. I really, really do. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um... I was going to ask, uh, would you be the person that would go all glammed up? Are we your girls? So just be comfortable, something very convenient. Depends on where I'm going. Sometimes I'm totally glammed up, even though these knees are not made for heels anymore. I'll fight it. I'll be the one that's holding on to my friend. Saying, right, you need to help me walk in this thing. Don't be a cow. Just stand with me, like walk with me. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to be the one that's in trainers. You know, so... I do glam just as well. I mean, you've probably seen it on my handle. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. All right. Thank you so much, Sisioga. It was so much fun having you here. Thank you. I'm looking forward to seeing more and more talent. Yeah. 
So before we go, one more thing. Tell okay. us something that nobody else knows. Something exclusive. Something exclusive that nobody else knows. Oh gosh, that's 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 okay. Or that's never been on radio before. I went to. I have a fear of water, so <laughs> I think, so even though even though I went to school in England, and when I went to school in England, swimming is compulsory back in those days. I can't swim till today. In fact, I was talking to your boss that I need to get back and learn to swim again. And I've taken over 300 swimming lessons in my life. It's an embarrassment. It's a shame. I can't even believe I'm yes, saying this, but I'm telling I mean, you. I can't, no, I can't it is a shame. Because, I mean, I'm with you on this. So I went to school when swimming was compulsory. Okay. So why is it that I can't swim? Because the time you would say, whenever the instructor was getting in the pool with us, I'd say I was on my period. <laughs> literally literally like it was that mad for me the fear but now i've just got to get over it that's the one thing nobody knows in public so people see okay scared of water but i'm gonna overcome that we look forward to it yeah okay that's about it angel of agenda on radio 95.3 fm this is now drive time stay tuned i am ella ululu